You're listening to Live Wild Radio, the part-time adventure podcast. Join us as we explore how outdoor adventures build mind, body, and spirit. And we're live. Hi, I'm Amanda. Hi, I'm Hudson. And And this this is is Live Wild Wild Radio. So what you've just heard is uh, potentially me not having a job anymore. (laughs) Now, the, the thing that would guarantee that there would be no need for me anymore is if they said fuck a lot. <laughs> with an accent. Oh, with a British accent. Yeah. So yeah. if we can get Hudson saying, right, fuck, <laughs> um, then really I have no place anymore. No. Because regardless of how much information I have, nothing beats a swearing British child. Yeah. Right? We'll um, have to get his cousins on board. Um, go look up like swearing British child at Animal Zoo. Uh, funniest YouTube video you'll ever see. It's like a little four-year-old. Um, they're doing like an African lion safari type drive through and the monkeys are on, you know, the baboons are on, like they're breaking the car antenna. Yeah. And this little four-year-old girl's like, why you gonna be such a cunt? Fuck off. <laughs> and really nothing gets funnier than that. No, it's yeah. very cute. Yeah, very so. innocent and cute. So there you go. Yeah. So we're recruiting, we're growing the nerd herd here and, uh, getting the kids excited about the outdoors. So... Today's episode brought to you by our friends at the Wind Journal, uh, Alyssa and Eric, who you guys have probably heard on the episode before. They started a cool business. Um, you have books, and they're working on an app where you can track your wins. And the idea behind it is based on a lot of psychological studies that by documenting even small successes in your life, you actually repattern um, your neural pathways and become a more happy, positive person. Because happiness is not a thing of how your life is going. It's how you look at your life. So the idea behind the Wind Journal, you get a cool little book, almost like a calendar book, but it's it's segmented out so that you can actually document your wins, um, and that's just your successes. And by getting into that habit, you actually reprogram your brain. Uh, one of the cool things is that we got a promo for them. So if you go to thewindjournal.com, and use promo code LiveWild20. You save 20% on your own wind journal. They have a bunch of different cool covers that are kind of fun and inspirational. So yeah, basically, if you if you are ready to elicit a change in your life, um, I highly recommend getting the wind journal. Start documenting any of your wins in your life. And before you know it, you start realizing that you've had way more successes than you ever thought you did. So it's a perfect segue into today's episode. You know, people have gone with months of homeschooling their kids, but it's summertime now. And today's episode is on getting kids into the outdoors and into the backcountry um, and how you do that process. Now, even though I'm a very well-documented, outdoorsy kind of guy, doing all kinds of outdoorsy things, um, I completely failed with my own kid. Um, so I am not the expert or, or have any knowledge whatsoever on this. Um, my, my daughter likes riding horses, um, and you know, proud of her. She's going to be a vet and all that kind of thing. She's in university, but, um, the, the taking kids into the outdoors, my daughter didn't take it. So, um, anything I have to say, um, I can give you technical information. Uh, but a lot of this episode is going to be Catherine because she's been taking her kids into the outdoors. Yeah. Um, progressing from, you know, kind of the basics of, you know, little hikes and things like that into taking them into the backcountry. So we're going to do a tour on that, give you some takeaway tips, and we'll see how it goes. You know, if you can get your little rugrats uh, covered in mosquito bites and enjoying, <laughs> you know, getting into the outdoors. So, Catherine, let's go through sort of a bit of the history. Um, you got two kids. Yes. Um, when did you first take them, like for the first camping trip? Like not even backpack, you know, backcountry stuff. Oh, uh, well, their very first camping trip was definitely when they were newborns. I mean, I went with my husband at the time and my daughter was in her playpen and we were at one of the provincial parks. She simply stayed in her playpen and we didn't go very far because that was it. Mm-hmm. But she slept in the uh, the tent. Um, you just took the playpen, covered up with um, a bug net. And you're under a tree when you're outdoors or and she's in that. We kept it pretty simple. Was, was that the kind of camping where... That was car camping. Yeah, we, we call that camping. But essentially, you put the kid in a playpen. You put a bug net over it so the Child Protective Services people don't think, you know, and you put her under a, a, a tree for shade. Yeah. You know, and some toys. 
Yeah, she was under a year. And then you just sit around and drink. Um, we didn't drink. <laughs> I guess we're kind of boring. But uh, that, that seemed I'm like trying kind to, of a waste. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we were starting, and then we would go to a cottage. Um, as the kids, you know, I was married until the the kids were like three and four. Things at that point, you can't really do too much, mm-hmm. and I was never adventurous in that part of my life at that time. But um, yeah, so when I uh, had my first summer with them uh, alone, co-parenting, I took them on adventures. You know, I, I did a lot of hikes, uh, certainly around my house. And because at that point, I had my backpacking gear, and I would always take my stove out or um, my water fil- filter. And we'd, you know, if anyways, we sometimes we'd go on hikes, and we'd have breakfast on the trail. Mm-hmm. You know, so that was unique. It was it was fun, and people would look at us and like, oh, that's a really good a good idea. And it was just what we did. We were always on the go. So my first year, um, the kind of trips that we did is we went to a provincial park um, in Ontario, to Tobermory. Uh, I did car camping. Um, we we did a few of those trips, but then on one of them, at the uh, uh, national park there for two days, we backpacked. So if if you can just picture it, so I'm with a tent in my backpack, I've got quite a bit of weight, probably about 40 pounds. Um, and my kids do have their school backpacks. So at this point, I wasn't sure if, if I wanted to invest in anything for them. And I wanted to see how that it would work. And they simply carried their their sleeping bags, and maybe their their air mattress. And we backpacked eight kilometers, um, which is quite a bit for a four and f- five year old. And they had their hiking poles. And to my surprise, we were on the Bruce Trail. Um, so we launched from the grotto at Tobamori and we went south on the trail to halfway long dump for those that are in Ontario. I think it's about 8K, especially where we started. It was further. It wasn't right from the grotto. You know, I think it took us four hours, if you can imagine, to do eight kilometers, whatever that amount of time is. Yeah, well... So it's it's quite a bit of time. Short legs on rough terrain. Yeah, but to my surprise, uh, yeah, it was it was quite rugged and the kids really liked it. For them, it was an adventure. Mm which was fantastic because I had no idea and I knew that it could be tiring for them, but they go at their own pace, right? And um, they're exploring. It's all brand new to them. So that was that was pretty cool. We stayed and camped on a platform right on the beach. We explored the limestone. They had never seen any of that. It was a limestone beach. It was beautiful because the water's that Caribbean color blue. Only, um, only it's like cold, cold as shit. As, yeah. Yeah, it was. And um, it was just perfect. And around there, I mean, overall, when I, whenever I went on these trips, I always scattered them out. So I always had an idea of what was to come. And um, I was just always very big on uh, certainly making sure they had a good time. Yeah, so Tobermory was a, a really good year. Um, we did a lot of provincial parks, but that was the one that was backcountry. So that, um, that was your first backcountry experience with the kids? Yes. Yeah, and and I think one of the things, because um, we talked about it before you went, and it's that idea of not too far and basically having a terrain that's interesting because the sh- the kids have a short attention span. Because that was the, the big thing you said afterwards was that the kids they just found it interesting, right? Because it's like a playground. Totally. Whereas if you just had like your just sort of straight up you know, dirt trail through the woods. I mean, even in the city here, anything that's dirt trail, they're, they're bored. They don't yeah. want to go for walks. It, it's, it, yeah, like it's just, you know, you're just hiking. You're yeah. walking. Yeah. Um, yeah, you got to watch so you don't trip over a route, but there's nothing interesting about it. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and Tobamori, hands down, is that. In fact, in all of Canada, I heard some stats that outside of Vancouver, right, or British Columbia, Banff, and I can't remember the other area, Niagara Falls for sure. Apparently, Tobamori is right up there as a tourist destination, if you can believe that. Oh, yeah. It's pretty big as an outdoor destination. We also get, like, you know, they've got all the hotels there and all the sort of, like, campground campgrounds. So it's it's uh, not as wild, but it's accessible. Yeah, it's unique, though, because being on the peninsula, the one side is um, the limestone, the cold water, but it's the beautiful blue, blue water. And the features of the limestone are just really, really interesting. And it's just it's just stunningly beautiful, especially halfway log dump. It's all that very smooth, round rocks. Yeah. Right. And I have some of them back home. It's just unlike 
anything I've ever seen before. And on the other side of the peninsula, you have that, I believe that's Lake Huron. Yeah. So um, very warm, sandy water. And in the one beach, um, the water doesn't get deeper than maybe your ankles. But the kids, it's perfect. And you can go for like a kilometers and it's still the same depth. Um, but it's it's a great wetland. You can explore, you know, the wildlife and the bugs and the insects. And there's great programs. And then you can go biking, you go scuba diving there. There's a lot of shipwrecks that um, you can see on in bottom glass boats. They do that. They go to Flower Pot Island. That's a destination. It's limestone that's been carved into, they call them flower pots. Um, you can camp there. There's just so much to do in that area. There's a great ice cream shop. Everybody loves that in the harbor. And then there's the uh, Chichimon that goes to Manitoulin Island. So it's fun just to be around all of that. Mm. And that's just a great place, period. But the beauty of the area, the geography is just really interesting. And so the grotto, all these caves and uh, swimming holes, it, it's just gorgeous. So that's unique. I mean, for kids at that age, um, they're just looking for adventure. I mean, walking across a log over water is mm. an adventure for them. Using yeah. their hiking poles is an adventure for them. You know, spending time with you, not on your phone yeah. or working is what they want. Mm. I mean, that's a beautiful age to do it. And I, I think, you know, there's some considerations I can share with you. What were the best tips people gave me? Um, I remember talking to folks at sale, your friend, I think Brian, who takes his kids canoeing and he gave me some tips. Fortunately, I didn't have bad weather. I've had that if, all along a couple of times. I've had a little rain. So you got to manage that too when you can't do what you want to do. So that was our first really big year. I was put, dipping my toe in the water on an actual backcountry trip. Otherwise, it was car camping. We always went to different places. We would explore. Um, we'd go fishing. Kids love that. Um, go canoeing or kayaking. Take them in with you. And I, you got to remember, I'm a single parent. So for a lot of people, they may wonder, is that too much? And how do you be safe? And they, and maybe it's because they're not comfortable in the outdoors themselves, right? But I think the one thing that really helped was that I already had the backpackers mentality of lightweight. And when you've got everything in your backpack it makes it so much easier to move around and more enjoyable mm -hmm. because we never ate breakfast or dinner at our campsites, right? Because we had dehydrated meals. So we would go to the views. We'd go wherever we wanted to go. We'd go hiking and then we'd sit down and have breakfast. And quite honestly, I've had great memories and photos of doing that. You know, get up at 6 a.m. or 7 a.m., go on a hike, have breakfast by the water. Yeah, and I think... That you sort of hit a thing where you shouldn't be eating from a bear perspective. You shouldn't be eating where you camp anyway. So by doing that, it it adds to the memories and the experience, mm -hmm. and it's just a good practice to do. Right. But even when we're car camping, right, the only time we were back at our tent was for the campfire mm -hmm. and to sleep. Yeah. Otherwise, we were gone. So I think that adds a, a, an element of adventure, mm -hmm. right? When you've got everything in your backpack. So um, so that's where we went in the first year. There were four and five. And then after that, I think we went to, um, we went straight to the Adirondacks, actually, which was a seven an hour trip, a seven hour drive. And I tell you, that's part of the planning too, right? Like you're just trying to get from point A to point B and sometimes the drive can make or break you, right? You know, sometimes leaving early in the morning or at night or more in the morning, letting them sleep, um, taking breaks, making an adventure of it. But I think one of the key things you got to do when you plan these is don't be on a schedule that you're rushing. Whether you're out on the trail or whatever you're doing in the day. Even when I went to Vancouver to visit family, the one thing I learned real quick was slow down, do one thing a day, and just be in the moment. Mm. And if you lower your expectations, anything you do is gravy, right? Because it's always when you're on the clock that it can drive you crazy and you lose your temper and your patience. So I find that that's, and then nobody's having fun, Yeah. right? Because I, I find that the best thing you can do is just follow your children's lead if they want to go explore a bug explore the goddamn bug yeah you know yeah and i think it's a, a case where if you try to regiment you know like have a have an itinerary um you'll never stick to it but because you've created it then you get frustrated that you're not sticking to it you know so 
obviously you've got to be home by a certain time after your trip mm-hmm. um yeah but outside of that if you sort of are a little bit more you've got a rough idea um but you're not so tied to okay we're doing this and then we're doing this and then we're doing this mm-hmm. that you've you've booked it like a tour guide mm-hmm. so densely that then you just don't have any fun um and because i find that for any of our own trips right like we're we have an idea of what we want to do um but then it's like you let it happen i i think it's always good to have a plan of a possible array of activities like and variety right um but at the end of the day you go with the flow what's the mood like what's the weather like Mm -hmm. right I mean, when I went to the Adirondacks, I spent, again, a week there. And I think I spent four of the seven days um, car camping. But it was their first visit there. So Adirondacks is, you know, this beautiful mountainous town, outdoorsy. It's got something there for everybody. It's got a main street for your yuppies. Well, because you were in Lake Placid, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I was in Lake Placid. So this is, okay, just some historical reference. This is where the Olympics uh, took place twice and the Winter Olympics. And it's a very touristy town. It's got, um, you know, your your cute little shops and restaurants and very expensive restaurants on the main strip. Um, you can get your ice cream there. Um, there's a great beach there. It's free, free, sh- you know, free showers. Um, it's quite well equipped, great uh, playgrounds. And nearby, you know, are your trailheads into the infamous Mount Marcy, the tallest peak in the 40, you know, of the 46 peaks that are there over 4,000 feet. And um, there's camping, but there's also primitive camping. And it's funny because a lot of people don't know about that. That's where we camped. And so I just showed up. You can imagine, you know, single parent, co-parenting with the kids, you know, money's tight. I could show up, pay nothing. You know, find my primitive site. There's a, a lane that has a bunch of sites. And essentially what you're getting is a clearing. And um, I don't even think there's a picnic table. I can't remember no. if there is or not. Not, not in South. Um, and you can't. Yeah. It's, South Meadows. That's right. Yeah. And, South and, Meadows Lane. Uh, there, There's basically free car camping along this lane mm-hmm. that leads to a trailhead. Um. And then there's a little bit more camping just off the trailhead, uh, you know, because we've passed that. We've never camped there. But, you know, when you park at the trailhead and then yeah. you walk down to the Jeep access road, then there's a bunch of camps along there as well. Yeah, there's probably a good dozen, yeah. 10 to 12. But they're not there because that area doesn't allow campfires. There's no fire rings. Yeah. There's yeah. A basically enough room to pull your car in and it's set a up a place to sleep. Yeah. yeah. And camp for free. Because the alternative, I believe, is about 40 bucks a night at Adirondack Lodge, for example, to camp. Oh, if you go to Heart Lake. Yeah, which is really nice. Or or you're... But you are packed. Yeah, or you're half an hour away at the um, climber's camp. Right, but again, yeah, which is a nice spot, too, now that I know about it. But this is very accessible. Mm -hmm. And if you're coming in from the direction that we are from Canada, it's it's close. Yeah, it's one of the first things you hit. Yeah, and it's close to all of the destin you know, the touristy things that you want to do in that area with kids. Mm -hmm. There's so much to do there. So um, you know, we just enjoyed it. I wasn't so caught up in having to do the outdoor experience. But then what we did is we did backpack into uh the backcountry, so to Marcy Dam which is about another five kilometers, three miles in. Very doable with the kids. At this point, because I saw that they enjoyed the first six years experience, I bought them backpacks. So at this point, they're carrying their sleeping bags, their clothes, and their um, air mattresses. Yeah, and, and mom got her good sleeping bags. So you oh, know, yeah. Your, your, your um, five and six-year-old have, you know like sub two and a half pound down sleeping bags. Yeah. That yeah. Mom, mom can borrow when she wants. Yes. I asked my son if I could borrow his sleeping bag because it's nicer than anybody else's. I know. Anybody else. Any, yeah. Anybody else. It's better than mine. Yeah. It's better than yours. You know. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, uh, there you go. Um, so what they do is that I actually have them sleep in my two, three man um, yeah, your two person tent, tent. And I actually put a bear bell on it. Um, so I know what's going on. I like to sleep in my hammock and I just do that right beside them because I want to get a good night's rest. I, I just don't sleep as well, especially with kids in a tent. 
Yeah, so we went to Marcy Dam and we slept in the lean-to. We, we, Of course, we didn't know if we were going to get it, so we had to bring our tent with us, and we managed to. And, and in that area, there's about, I don't know, maybe six or eight, maybe not even that many lean-tos in that area. But uh, we stayed there for about two nights, three days. There's high bear activity there. And um, I did invite other people because you can uh, just stay in our lean-to because you can have up to eight adults in there. Um, just because I am a mom with only two kids and... You never know if kids leave food in their pockets and something should happen. So if you have a bunch of people in there, it's more of a bear deterrent. Yeah. Yeah. And and I did hear the bear in the middle of the night. I swore because I got some pretty good selective hearing that keeps, I'm a bit of a light sleeper at times. Um, They love that. That was just the cat's ass for them to sleep in that three walled structure with a roof on it for those yeah. that don't know what a lean-to is it's like a log um, cabin missing yeah, one wall yeah and you're completely exposed but it's just really cool it is a cool experience and they loved it i mean i have a great photo of my daughter in um the riverbed area and uh you know just playing with the rocks pretending she's selling ice cream and just playing in the wild um you know so we we camped there and we the way we spent our time is um, we base camped out of there and then we did hikes. So Mount Marcy is about a f- over 4,000 foot elevation. And I think we hiked maybe 1400 feet, which is a lot to do with at this age, five and six year old. Um, we went up to Indian falls and we came back down. So that was a really big trek for them with obviously out their backpacks. It was just for the day. And we, we spent the day doing it. Um, it was very tiring for them. But I had candy. Candy's a must when you go on any of these trips. And, um, you know, it, it wasn't entirely successful in that there was some whining there, but that's to be expected. And you encourage them. I think, though, you know, if I was to ask them, actually, um, you're going to hear from them in a minute uh, in this podcast, some of their highlights, and I'll ask them about that trip. But uh, uh, overall, they loved that area. You know, they just thought it was beautiful. It was very different and adventurous. And then um, I think the following year, we took them to Allegheny uh, National uh, Park last year. And yeah, that National was, Forest. Yeah. And so we did a couple trips. We went to Rock City and near Ellicottville, New York. Um, really interesting. It was car camping, but interesting rock figura- configurations that felt like you're walking in a rock city. Nothing dangerous at all. It's just interesting. And then we went over to Allegheny National Park. Um, hiked in about maybe 5k maybe not even that off the trail and it's a it's um, a forest how can I describe it Um, we were there I think in July and a lot of ferns very mature forest hardwood uh, not a lot of when you went into the campsite areas just off the trail and again these are all primitive um, just very lush a lot of rivers and streams and waterfalls moss so it was just really really beautiful mm-hmm. and i'll never forget we're by the small little waterfall and amanda just looks at me and she's just in awe and she just says wow like this is so beautiful like it, it, it reminded me of that mythical you know fantastical um children's storybook of fairies and forest you know, it's that kind of setting. And it was really beautiful. Um, so I, that was totally like she melted my heart. And that was exactly what I was hoping for her to experience. And then Hudson was playing with the flint, the flint rod, trying to start a fire, right? <laughs> yeah, he never quite pulled it off. No, but. he didn't. But you were showing him. But he was just obsessed with that. Like he just thought that was the coolest thing as well. The fact that you can scrape something and sparks fly. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, you basically can eventually get a fire going. That was that was pretty exciting, and I think the last thing we did is we were in Ontario. We were in Ontario. We went to Queen Elizabeth Wildlands, and that was another five k hike in some technical bits, some beaver dam crossings, and that that steep, like rock scramble down. Yeah, there's this one part that I actually don't think I'd go without an adult. I wouldn't feel as comfortable. I'd definitely be taking it, and I took their backpacks off. I think, or or, yeah. or no, because you were with them, and that was it was easier to manage. With yeah, two. With, with their backpacks on, I could actually grab them by the top of the backpack yeah. and just lower them down. Yeah, and you know the fact that you just have two people, one to watch, one can want to watch the other. Then it's 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 safer because there are some bits if they fall in the water and he can't swim, right? That was my concern. But otherwise, it was beautiful. The water is just fantastic for swimming in. Great, you know, we never, oh, we camping did go location. swimming on that one. Yeah, we did. Yeah. 
And we didn't. And that's when the, the rescue helicopter came for other people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We only stayed the one night. I think it's because it was supposed to rain the next day. And we said, "Screw it, let's go." Um, but yeah, there was a lot of action that night. Yeah, we're sitting out on the peninsula, like out in the lake, you know, looking at the stars, and all of a sudden, uh, in the spotlights, it was like yep. it was like Vietnam. <laughs> Yeah, it was very strange. Yeah, rescue was happening um, in the distance. So that was pretty cool. But that's the extent of the backcountry experiences that we've had. And of course, we've been rock climbing with them. I think more, you know, very small trips in Ontario. Um, And we were hoping last year, Amanda was just sick. So we didn't go to the States because we were supposed to go back to the Adirondacks and go climbing. But overall, I I mean, the big thing that I do is I try and control the situation a little bit like I know what I'm getting into I go to a place that I've been to yeah versus you know especially if it's backcountry so I know what to expect and I can kind of scout out what I think they're gonna like best um, and then which is fine because you're even though you're going back again some people might think that's boring but you're you're experiencing it in a different way um, and quite honestly I don't know if I really want to be spending too much time trying to figure out where I'm going when I have kids to worry about you know, I'd rather encourage them. Yeah, we're going the right way. And it's just one less thing to worry mm. about. But I've talked to other parents who don't have backpacking gear, right? So if, you know, they're already outdoorsy people, they're car camping and they're contemplating some adventure, I actually probably steer them towards canoeing. Because with canoeing, you don't have to invest and worry about lightweight things if you can handle the fact that now you've got, you can put it in your canoe. It just might mean when you do a portage, you got to carry it all more than your kids. Yeah, right? you, you run into the thing, I think, with a portage. Like, let's say you've got a 500 meter portage, half a kilometer. Mm-hmm. Um, it means then instead of being able to do everything in one trip, if you've got light gear, you might make two or three trips, you know, to get all your gear over. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you've got like a couple of kids and two adults, um, you know, if somebody's looking after the kids and somebody's running gear, um, you know, you, you can do it. It's it's not fast. Yeah. I think um, where it makes sense, though, is that it's le- it means that there's less time hearing the kids whine. And what I mean by that is when I'm backpacking, some I, I inevitably start to hear it. Um, and it usually has a lot to do with how the gear is fitting them. Like Amanda might be super uncomfortable because her backpack's bothering her. It's too heavy. And quite honestly, they're still a little bit young to be fitted, you know, to be wearing their backpacks the way it should be fitted because they're just a little bit bigger. And I, and I wanted to get something that was something, something they could grow into, but yet was appropriate for them. So that was a bit of the challenge that we've had uh, with Amanda. Um, Hudson's just got little legs, you know, and... Um, oh, he's pretty fast. Um, yeah, he's not, he's not <laughs> too know. bad. But he also has light. He always has lighter a lighter load than Amanda. Amanda's yeah. always got probably another 10 pounds on Well, but, the, but I think the thing comes in is that we appeal to that um, ego thing. Yeah. Him. It's like, oh, well, the boys are up front. Well, it's true because when they go with just me, it's not as much fun. But when you're there, you're a novelty. And it's just like, yeah. honestly, some of your biggest allies or assets when you go on a trip is to bring friends because mm-hmm. man the power of persuasion with kids like if there's more kids they're just going all day yeah. you know until they just drop dead because or drop to fall asleep because they need to rest up for the next day but when they're with you you know if you're doing the same old same old then it gets boring for them well and i think it's is one of those things too how you'll act around just your mom yeah um versus me is different you're right, because you, you've said a bunch of times, like, you know, a lot of times Hudson's whiny. But around me, he's not going to be whiny. Right, because then it, they, there's sort of that, you know, I want to be like with the cool guy. Oh, totally. <laughs> and he's, you know, you're, you're a novelty, right? Yeah. You're, 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 you can teach him things and you're interesting. And, and um, yeah, but um, I would say, you know, the more diverse that the landscape is and interesting and challenging... Mm-hmm. Actually, the more fun it is for them. Although I will say when I did had to, in Tobamori, walk, step across a big crevasse and essentially carry them, man, the tears, like they were so scared. I just told them to close their eyes and, you know, I threw their packs over it and it was just a good, it was about three feet wide. Mm-hmm. So it was a little bit, you know, if you're afraid of heights, 
Of course, I'm doing it with my kids. So I'm picking up one at a time and going back and forth. On the way back, they would just look right into it. They're all, so their fear completely evaporated. Well, because it's the thing. People are afraid of the unknown. Once you've experienced it, it's like, I've experienced this. I'm fine. Yeah. No, I'm not afraid no more. Yeah. But you know what? We we, uh, segue into a good topic and it's safety because when I talk to parents, they're so filled with angst about taking their kids in well, the and, and it's funny because I think so many parents now, and I don't think this is a bad thing, but it's mm-hmm. like when we grew up, uh, we're of the generation where in the morning your parents said, get out of the house and don't come home till the lights come on. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and and y- you couldn't even come in the house to get a drink. You drank from the garden I think it was hose. your parents. Okay. <laughs> um, but you're right. Generally you know, come home before dark. Yeah. yeah. Like when the street lights come on is when you had to be home. And now... You know, it's a few generations later. Yeah, be, the cops would be called. Would right, be called if you, you like can't let your are, kids yeah. run. You know, and 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 people aren't inclined. Like, and I think a lot of it's media and what have you. Like, mm-hmm. even though statistically it's the safest point in human history to live, mm-hmm. people think there's boogeyman going to get your kids around every corner. Right. So, so it's that thing where you get much more of that helicopter parenting. You do. Um, and yeah. that that anxiety then if you have that anxiety in daily life, it's not going to disappear when you go in the woods. Now, all of a sudden, you're expecting your kids to get eaten by bears instead of, you know, the guy in the white van, you know, with candy written on the side of it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so it it is, it's one of those things of, you know, working your way in gently. uh, That's the key. Doing some car camping, right? Because it's, it's, okay, we we've got how to set up our tent we've got how to you know sleep you know um i've run into people without uh sleeping pads right and they're like ah man i got this warm sleeping bag you know it said it was rated for this but i was freezing Mm -hmm. and then you know so i do a little bit of my detective work with them and i realize they didn't have a sleeping pad under them I never knew to do that until yeah. I started backpacking with you. You know? Yeah. And so you're sleeping just on the ground. That's right. Well, the ground is colder than you are. Uh-huh. And when you're sleeping, like the bottom of your sleeping bag, your body compresses it. So there is no insulation. Yeah, I thought the pads, if anything, like a yoga mat was just for comfort. Not no, for it's insulation. insulation. Yeah. Right? Comfort, yes. Right? But insulation is Key. the primary. Yeah. Right? Because, you know, some people have firm beds. Yeah. There uh, isn't a lot of knowledge out there, quite frankly. Quite honestly. I mean, a lot of people too will get the uh, air mattresses. Which are going to freeze your ass off. That's right. Because the air, like an air mattress gives you comfort if it doesn't deflate because every time I've seen them, they always deflate. But um, an air mattress, uh, when you go to bed is fine because it tends to be warmer in the evening anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, it hasn't cooled down. And overnight, you wake up and you're chilly. Mm -hmm. Not because the air temperature is cold, but the air in the air mattress has now reached ground temperature, yeah. which is colder than your body. And you're getting this cold. It's sucking the heat out of you from underneath, mm-hmm. right? And most air mattresses aren't insulated. Um, like, you know, your typical Coleman and yeah. big fat, you know. You raise a really good point because ultimately there's a huge safety component, but there's also comfort, right? So I think, I think what parents get really um, uncertain about is, number one, if they don't, do backcountry themselves or they've never been entirely comfortable they're not likely to want to introduce their kids to it because Mm. it's just the pain and the ass factor increases exponentially right um and so you got to dial that in for yourself so you know getting the gear dialed in or just the knowledge of how to do it even from a car perspective and how to take out again the pain in the ass factor of bringing too much stuff because I know that that often is overwhelming. And quite honestly, when I go car camping, your mentality shifts. You're like, oh, I can cook fresh food by the fire. So all of a sudden, you've got 30 more pounds of food and cans and... And, and, and cooler. And, and, and barbecues and all that because you're trying to accommodate that, that Cause vision. Because you, you can, because you don't have to carry yeah, it. Yeah, but I tell you, and I've been on trips where I have car camped, and I just brought my backpack and I was so thankful I did. And I brought my dehydrated meals because guess what? Like it was just so easy to manage. Yeah. Like every, uh, we've done some trips where say the rock climbing trips or we're car camping. Yeah. Um, and we'll bring a little bit of, maybe we'll bring a cooler so we can heat the beer cold. Yeah. And the, there's a little bit of food. That's it. 
Um, but fundamentally, our camping gear is still just what fits in our backpacks. I, I much prefer it because, the yeah, you don't car have pack's all easier. The, it, it does, and it's just otherwise, it's you always forget something, and you spend more money, and it's just too much shit. And so I have a Hyundai Elantra, and in that, I can take the four of us and all of our stuff, you know, backpacking, and we're good. And it's and, cl- and climbing gear. Because yeah, we've done that. Yeah, and climbing Camp- gear. Like backpacking that's, that's gear and climbing stuff, gear. right? And mind you, we're we're buying groceries too often when we're there of these de- dehydrated meals or whatever the extras that we need. But um, you try and keep it, if you keep it as simple as possible, it'll make your life so much easier. Because I know that that really frustrates people. They're very tired of that. Yeah, like if you do, if you think from a food standpoint, um, we a lot of times... And and if you're one of those camping gourmets, like hats off to you, right? Like, sure. I, I, cool. Um, but I'm not. Uh, I'm yeah. I'm Captain Simple. Like when I'm going out, I want to reduce the complexities in my life. Yeah. Right. Like this is one of the things I enjoy about it. Uh huh. So, um, you know, it basically whether it's freeze dried meals where you just add water, or it's um, dehydrated foods like instant mashed potatoes and ramen noodles mm-hmm. and oatmeal, um, all easy things where you can make it in one pot, you eat it out of the pot. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and, you know, if you're with your kids like you do, well, then we'll do the thing. We make it in the pot. You make some more than more than you would eat. And then they've got a mug and you just scoop the oatmeal in their mug. Yeah. Everybody eats out of their mugs, essentially. Yeah. Um, or You've got fewer dishes to clean. Exactly. And quite honestly, number one, they're eating food they've never eaten before. That's a bit of an adventure. And you let them choose, right? The different dehydrated meals. Um, and often you're bringing candy, right? Just to get the energy level up so you can do longer hikes, whatever. Who isn't happy about that, mm-hmm. right? Um, you're having sometimes, if you want to splurge a little bit, some interesting desserts at the campfire, banana, chocolate, whatever, you know, s- s'mores. Um, but, um, but then there's even eating out of the pot, just the unusual habits or things that you normally don't do at home. Yeah. So you're probably eating, you know, a little bit more junk food than you normally would. So who, who argues about that? Not, not kids, um, uh, for them it's a treat. So that's part of the adventure as well. And the memories. Yeah, and, and when you're out putting on miles and you're active all day, um, you you have to try really hard not to be in a caloric deficit anyway. So it's not like you go on a camping trip because you had a Snickers bar and some Skittles throughout the day mm-hmm. in addition to your food. Yeah. You're going to get fat. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. Yeah. But you just made me think, um, you know, going back to the idea of a schedule, I can see how if people are going back country where they've got permits now, campsite permits, they feel the need to... Well, they have to. They have to be at that campsite. So there's a schedule, right? I would always um, underestimate, you know. Yeah. Just make sure you do less than... It's not... Maybe do with kids... Uh, like a third of what you normally do. Yeah. Like if so, if you normally do 20K, then yeah, just like do six, six or seven. Keep it simple. Um, because there's two styles of backcountry, I think. There's one where you're through hiking and you're moving from spot to spot to spot. Another is that you find a base camp and then from there you enjoy. Maybe you, you base camp at one spot for a couple of days and then you move again for variety. But, um, you know, you keep that really short within distances to, mm-hmm. of each other. And, um, uh, yeah, you just keep it short and sweet. Yeah, because the the... Biggest thing I think when you're when you're out with kids, um, and this is what I found like with yours, is lots of breaks. Uh, you know, it's getting out of my own mindset, right? Because like I'll I'll go at a pretty good pace for two hours straight. Yeah, um, yeah, it's too much for the kids. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's you dial it back. Like you go, you know, half hour, twenty minutes. You go at a slightly slower. And, like and, you and, should, unless you were personally completely out of shape. You should feel like you're going too slow. Yeah. And honestly, what I would be doing is if you can be on a trail like in the Adirondacks where or in other places in the States where you can camp anywhere, like and you obviously have the map, you have a sense of the campsites. Yeah, definitely underestimate. And within that, until you get there, take your time. If the kids want to go check something out, 
go check it out. Mm-hmm. Like, don't feel like you have to find a campsite and set up if you know it's going to be there in 2K. Yeah. Right? Leave early. Get up early. You've got the whole day ahead of you. Because um, you never know what's going to happen with weather. And that happened to us once, actually. We were coming back from Indian Falls. It was getting dark. Um, the weather wasn't too bad. I think it was about to rain, but we weren't as prepared as maybe we could have been. Did you have your headlamps with you? Uh, we did. We had our headlamps. I'm talking about it was windy. Mm-hmm. So it was it was chilly for us. And it was starting to, it was dusk. So we made it back in time. But, you know, we had to push. Like it was getting, I was a little dicey. I'm like, ah, oh, we need to like keep going despite the whiners. And it got, it was a, ser- a bit of a serious talk with them. Yeah. Because I didn't want to be stuck on in the dark with kids. Yeah. You know, even though I had my headlamp, I try and avoid that. That's, see, the, what I'm trying to avoid also is a bad experience for them. Yeah. That scares them. That's the last thing you want. That's why I really try and take precautions. And of course, whenever you're in the mountains, even doubly so. And so one of the things we'll link to in this uh, in the show notes is the 10 essentials you want to take with you when you go hiking in the event that you get caught up, you know, in a wind or rainstorm or something like that. Yeah, because you've got what you need with you at yeah, all times. to stay warm and because be protected. Obviously, if you're on a backpacking trip, you obviously have all your camping gear with you. Um, but if you're out on a day hike uh, with your kids, yeah, then having the 10 essentials with you, right? So the ability, you've got a first aid kit, you've got lighting, you know? So if, if you would, if it is late, it's a little slower than you planned. You're not stuck out in the dark. You put your headlamps on, you know, no big mm-hmm. deal. Yeah. Um, you, you've got the ability to navigate. So you've got maps and compass and GPS. You've got, uh, fire making ability. You've got a tarp or rain poncho that you can make an emergency shelter. You know, it's just, if you just have these things with you all the time and know how to use them, mm-hmm. right? Because one of the things too, it's like, if you're going out with your kids, you should take a goddamn first aid course. Yeah. Right? Like, um, and that just goes for anybody. Like, if you've got kids, um, have you ever, you know, had your kid get like um, ill, injured, sick, something like that, and you don't know what to do? Yeah. Well, yeah. with a bit of first aid training, then, you yeah. know... The big pieces, you know, because obviously if you're in the backcountry and something happens to your kid, you're responsible. Like, you, there is nobody to call. Yeah, no, I, um, <clears throat> Amanda had an interesting, I think an allergic reaction to the pollen because we noticed that soon after we went through a field at Marcy Dam from the tent down to the riverbed, her eye just started to swell and glaze over. It was really gross. And it was almost like her eye was popping out. And uh, it, it went away, but I think it was really the pollen. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it makes it difficult to see and it's irritable, right? Like, that's not fun. Now, fortunately, we're only 5K from a pharmacy. Yeah. But it is what it is. But yeah, you got to have those things with you. Um, and one of the th- key tips that we were speaking to um, a search and rescue paramedic officer once was uh, know where you are. Like if you're on these hiking trips, know exactly where you are, how to get off in case something does happen. You yeah. can, you, and you have a way to communicate to to people. And so we also have a really good episode um, with uh, Scott Van Leer. He's um, known as ADK ranger. Uh, ranger. He's a forest ranger in the Adirondacks, Lake Placid area. And he talks a lot about, you know, what's going on there. Yeah. And, it, and one of the things, too, that um, as somebody who works in the outdoor business myself, um, a lot of people aren't aware there there's satellite communicators um, on the market. So uh, mm. when you're out in the backcountry, it doesn't take very far before you're not in cell reception anymore. Yeah. Like if you're here in Ontario, a lot of the, the, the Highway 60 corridor through Algonquin now actually has cell coverage. But if you sort of go with the idea that anytime you're in the backcountry, you're going to be at a cell reception, having an emergency satellite yeah. communicator with you, um, whether it's a Garmin inReach yeah. or a Garmin GPS 66i, um, a Spot uh, X, um, there's a bunch of versions of them. Um, and they will allow you to send and receive text messages via satellite and um, signal for rescue. Like yeah. The SOS yeah. Button. So I'm glad that you mentioned that because that was actually the key piece of gear that I needed to feel comfortable and responsible to take my kids back country. So I got the Garmin InReach Explorer. I will say a downside to it 
is, um, yes, it'll track you 100%, you know, even if you're covered by a canopy of trees in the forest of where you are. But as far as communication goes, you have to be in an open clearing. It will not go through. So that I found annoying when I was on a trip, just communicating people where I was and that messages wouldn't come or go through or, or I couldn't receive or send. Um, so it's not a hundred percent. It's still really helpful. Nonetheless, um, just be aware of what you've got and test it out in advance. And I think that's, that's just key. Like you were saying, know your gear. I know how to use your gear. Yeah. Right? Well, cause if you think about like with one of those, if you get near a shore, you're out in the open. Yeah. Um, if you get in a clearing, you know, but I, I've been, Hey, I've been on, uh, trips like in uh, Allegheny that took me forever to get out of the forest to be able to send a message because you're in the thick of the coming down the mountain. Right. And you're got all these mature trees. Nothing was going through. Even if there was a, a little bit of opening, nothing. Um, yeah. The trick is get it high, like get it off yourself and you got to hold it up. Um, they actually will. It'll improve well, the performance. Well, I'd love to see that sometime, yeah. but that's my complaint. There, there's it. some tricks to it to get better okay. performance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it, 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 it's one of those things where it's not foolproof. Yeah. Um, but it, it expands your safety margin. Yeah. And I would also say hiking poles are a must. A lot of people aren't really used to doing that. And yeah. quite honestly, I don't see a lot of people, young or old, maybe young, um, using them in the backcountry, but people who are experienced use them. It's not an age thing. It's not a fitness thing or a health thing. It's, um, it actually can go faster with hiking poles. And yeah. quite honestly, to especially go down, it acts as a stabilizer. And you can actually practically jog on top of rocks, go from bounce from rocks to rocks, knowing that you'll be fine. Yeah. and uh, because really, really big for kids. Kids, it's really helpful for kids. Well, and, and for everybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because now you're four-legged instead of two. Totally. Um, yeah. And, and river crossings, huge. Yeah, because you're not just having to balance one rock to the next. Yeah. You put your poles in, now you you're, now you're a ground. tripod. Exactly. It's like your foot's on one rock and you got two poles Doesn't in. matter if you slept, you're not going anywhere. Move your yeah. other foot, then move your poles. Yeah. Right? So you're only, you're always in three points of contact. Yeah. And yeah. that makes a huge difference as far as stability goes for, totally. you know, whether it's crossing a log over a stream or stepping on the rocks over a stream. Mm-hmm. Um, you almost use them as baby pole vaults for like yeah. a, a little jump over something. You totally. Know? So they, they they do a lot. And plus, yeah. um, if you're out on a day hike and you've got your 10 essentials kit, so you've got an ultralight tarp with you, mm-hmm. you can use your tarp as a or your your um, trekking poles yeah. as almost like tent poles to hold your tarp up to make a shelter for you yeah. and you, you know you and your kids. Well, we arrived in the Adirondacks in uh, Marcy Dam and it was raining. It wasn't too bad, but so we just you know it was so easy to um, put up our tarp and just hang out there for a little bit and keep dry, and it was gone and so easy to pack up. But um, going back to the poles, though, I I just give my kids my adult ones that are kind of a little bit out of shape or you know they might you know but you just reduce the size and it's fine like they are slightly bent and i i would never use them anymore but rather than going to the expense of buying a new pair just use the old ones and they're yeah if you if you you happen to have old ones like you've got three sets of poles i do (laughs) but you know i've just got some old ones from my mom that she never uses you know when she was going walking like Mm -hmm. they don't need anything for their weight and size they don't need anything yeah well and the great thing is trekking poles are collapsible yeah so they would work for like you know a Mm four-year-old when you've got them collapsed into um travel mode yeah you know like that's how short they get they fit small enough that they'll fit in like you know, luggage. Yeah. Um, so again, it would work for a little kid. But, you know, from a safety perspective, back to that, I would encourage, you know, as soon as your kids and you are comfortable to backpack, to backpack. Because yeah. I, I always feel safer with everything on my back, especially when I'm going up a mountain. Because those day hikes, I feel like sometimes you're rolling the dice a little bit. You're like, okay, because it always takes longer mm-hmm. than what you think, especially if you want to enjoy it. Otherwise, I do feel like I'm on a schedule. I am. When I'm going up a mountain, I am on a goddamn schedule to make sure I get down safely at a safe. Before dark. Yeah. So it heightens the level of awareness to that and your tolerance, you know, to, you're just not patient with the kids. So 
that does make me nervous because as soon as you go into alpine terrain, it can get dicey and, and, and dangerous. So. Yeah. Now, that being said, depending on where you are, you know, like our listeners are here, mostly here in North America. Um, so if you're here in Ontario, mountains aren't an issue because we don't mm-hmm. have any. Right. Um, uh, if you're in the whole middle of the U.S., it's not an issue. Yeah. You know, it's really just sort of one of those things of like those... Um, east and west coast. Yeah. Because along the east, you've got the whole Appalachian mountain chain. Uh, at west, obviously, mountains, mountains, mountains. So it just all depends. Yeah. The the challenges. Like we purposefully try to search out the mountains. Yeah. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. When, when I've been there, there are tons of kids in the Adirondacks hiking with their parents. Yeah. You know? So that gave me confidence. I'm like, oh, they're here. I can bring my kids here. You know, I can figure this out, right? And maybe they've been doing it long. It doesn't matter. They're doing it. So it is completely safe. Um, I think once you've been to the locations and you've scouted things out, it because I think that's the biggest issue that prevents parents from taking their kids is they're scared. Mm-hmm. They're uncertain. They don't know what to expect. And that's now they may not always have the luxury to go scout it out without their kids. <laughs> Usually that's like a a spa or, uh, <laughs> you know, something different. They're not backpacking, but, but, um, you know, check out the forums, do research. There's, um, a ton of Facebook groups for even specific locations like the Lake, pa- you know, the Adirondacks or say, um, Ontario, back you know, country. back country is very helpful. And I'm sure there's others elsewhere. Well, and, and you can also spend a, a chunk of time on all trails, uh, like the the website and the app. Yeah, that's a really good doodling one. around because it will tell you, like you know, when you draw a route. Yeah, it'll tell you how long it is. It will show you an elevation profile that's so you can see how much hill climbing there is. Yeah, because um, if something's flat, well, anybody can walk flat. Yeah, right. But then when you see that, it's like, oh, okay, so we might have a thousand feet of climbing. Yeah. In this 5K or 10K or whatever it is. It's really cool. We'll also link to that because it'll show you the map. And as you, and at the bottom where it has the elevation, as you pass your scroll or your finger across it, it shows you where on the map you are. Mm -hmm. So it correlates everything. And then because that's been created by somebody else, often they'll put pictures and they'll give their feedback on what they thought of it. And others will too. And it's there for everybody to use. So when I was scouting out the La Cloche Silhouette Trail in Killarney, I was looking at that to get a sense of how far in. Because quite honestly, the Provincial Parks website sucks. Mm-hmm. It does nowhere say you're at mile this or kilometer this in either direction. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas if you take and do it on all trails. It'll tell you exactly. Yeah. You yeah. know, and then they got the campsites marked and. And pictures. Yeah. Yeah. And then you go, oh, okay. And when you look at the profile, you go, okay, yeah. well, this is a pretty flat day. So we'll we'll go like an extra 5K. Yeah. And then this is a really hilly day. So we'll shorten it up a little bit, right? So it makes your trip planning a little bit easier um, or, or a little bit more realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I find to be really helpful. Yeah. Um, but I didn't tell you about my, I guess I haven't talked about the big adventure that I'm thinking of to do with my kids. So I have an ulterior motive here. Whoa. I'm trying to get them in shape so that they could do the John Muir Trail with me one day. <laughs> That's my hope. I hope that they will still love it. But I understand that takes about three weeks to do it in a, in leisurely. I'm not sure how long is it. Do you know? Uh, not off the top of my head. Yeah. But it's it's not a small challenge. I know it's... No, it's right through the Sierra Nevada Mountains. Like yeah. it's a giant challenge. So that's actually pretty significant because um, you're having to use your... You ha- you might have to self-arrest like you're using... Because I know... Um, we know a guy, Brooks, he did it. And I'm not sure if he had the ice axe with him. If he was, I, if he was, was actually going... I think he was in the summer. No, but in the summer too, they get snow, don't they? Well, don't get, it, it's just leftover snow. Is it leftover? So it's certain times of the year? Yeah. Because there's a window that you can actually cross it. Anyway, I would love to do that. That's my dream. And it's partly because of its duration, like how long it takes to do that. It's the smallest complete through hike that I know of. Uh, um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, because the long trail in Vermont, you could probably do that and like. Oh, yeah? at the same time too. Could you? Okay. And then, or unless you just do sections of the Appalachian Trail, and we were talking about that 
on one of our podcasts with Katie, mm-hmm. you know, what we could potentially do. That would be fun. But to do something, you know, at an extended length of time. Yeah, like it's a, it's a different fun. thing between going out for a weekend or a week. Yeah. Versus a multi-week. Which I still haven't done. No. I've only done like four or five days in the desert. Not even. I think it was four days. Yeah. Like I think the longest you've done is the six days in the Dax with me. Was it six days? Yeah. It was six days. Okay. But even still. But it was, um, we were at some base camps at the yeah, end. Yeah. But so we, were, it, we were just out for six we days. We were, but it felt, it didn't feel as through hikeish. You know no, because I mean? we stayed at the one place for two nights and another yeah, place for two nights. Yeah. Which was nice, but um, yeah, I haven't done one of those long adventures myself. So maybe I better test myself first. I, I know I'd love it. Yeah, like it's it's just it's a different. Basically, I find like after a week or two, mm-hmm. then you've actually like a climate you shut off that you're um, going home. Yeah, you know, like now this is yeah. just what I do. So this is another important thing with kids that you just reminded me of is that you know before you go on these, if you do decide to do an adventure, make sure you're in shape for it because you can't underestimate that even for yourself, right? You should get used to backpacking. If you want to do 20K a day, you better be doing it already. You know, not only with a backpack, but at least getting your hiking legs under you and your Mm. kids. Well, because especially one of the things, too, as a parent, um, you want to be in a position where if something happens to your kid. Now, we're talking like kid kids, not like if you've got like a uh, six foot two teenager. The, 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 they're looking after you well, yeah this is a different <laughs> story but um but one of those things where you want to be fit enough that if you got to carry your kid out yes you can do it yeah right so absolutely you know maybe that means leaving your backpack behind to get your kid out right um you know somebody broke a leg or whatever it is oh totally you know yeah um, and because people don't think of like fitness that way i've never thought of it that way and i right? know i i know i could carry my kids out i could carry one of them i don't i couldn't carry both you know? Yeah. Yeah, I could probably... Yours aren't that heavy. I could carry both of them. You know? I've done the it'd game... It'd be awkward. I've done the game of lifting them up with one finger from their climbing Yeah, harness. I know, I know. But it'd be uh, awkward. That's what I'm saying. Just one over each shoulder like a sack yeah, of potatoes. there you go. <laughs> um, but, but, but those are the kinds of things true. where... where That's a part of the reason, like, as, as a parent to be in shape. Yeah. Because you, you don't want to be in that... Uh, and obviously... Uh, you know, your your first thing is things like having your inReach Explorer so then you can actually signal for help, having first aid training, you know. But but fitness can be uh you know, you're able to get them to safety. Yeah, yeah. Um and, and just be in good shape that you can handle it yourself as well. Yeah. Because some people get in over their head. Um you know, you know, and part of that is, you, geez, I mean, you could just tie yourself out. Yeah, just underestimate what you can do. It's always easy to do that. And then you can challenge yourself the next time. Yeah. Well, that's, otherwise you have a miserable time and somebody's not happy. And guess what? The last thing you want is they'll never do it again with you. You know, like you yeah. don't want to go out. You've you've scared them. You've yeah. Scared and that, that's where we're. If you do it like in little baby steps. Yeah. Right. Start with some car camping at like a local conservation area. If it all goes to shit, you can drive home that night. Um, yeah. And then work your way up. And like, you mm-hmm. know, maybe do some provincial or state or national parks. Mm-hmm. Um, but still car camping, right? But do some backcountry hikes. And then, you know, mm-hmm. work your way up that then when your first backcountry trips aren't that far into the backcountry. and That's right. And it's gradually like basically build the skills with you and your kids. Mm-hmm. Build the fitness with you and your kids. The comfort. You know, understanding what they're capable of, Mm -hmm. you know, understanding what you're capable of. And just because it's such a fun thing um, if you don't basically, and this goes for almost any physical activity. um, If you're right at the red line where, where, you know, you can, it's as fast or hard or as much as you can handle. um, It's a great thing to test what you're made of. But it's it's never fun, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I don't think type two fun for kids. Yeah, and that's just it. Is a fun thing to do, you know. 
so you it, know? it's i don't think it's ever been yeah you know so it's it's that kind of thing of like any of the trips should be well within your capability mm-hmm. right where it, you know and you're going into it with that idea right you're not going to test yourself um, yeah. you're going to have fun you know you're going to be it's relaxing yeah, and in some cases, the yeah, Deca Uno cards, they love them. I don't know why. God help me. They, my kids love them, but we bring them, yeah. you know. Um, and I'll just give another example. On a Sunday, we were actually off a trail in our city. We took a blanket. We took some paint, some board games in red, and we slept. We actually slept there. And they thought that was the most relaxing, fun thing to do because it was just so different. Kids like different, and they, they like being with you. They like your attention. So you do that and, you know, take some pictures and put it together a presentation, whatever. Like they remember all that. Like mm-hmm. That on my wall, as we go up to our bedroom, that's what our pictures are of, basically, or of, of adventures. So good yeah. memories. Yeah. So if you find those little things, um, because, you know, fundamentally, when you're having experiences with your kids, it's about you guys connecting and, and you giving your time to them. Um, it, it's a different story once they become teenagers. Like, yeah, I can't speak to that. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, like that. That's a whole different world. Yeah. Um, hopefully by the time you know they become teenagers, they're into the same shit you are. Yeah, um, that's when I started to learn. Eh, I was uh, 16 years old. I was a part of the outdoors club. I went on my first uh, canoe portage backcountry trip. It was it was amazing. Yeah. So God, if you, God help, God thank the uh, the science teacher and the uh, gym teacher that took us out, like to take out like ten kids. Holy shit! <laughs> you know, and and if you can have that thing where, when your kids like a teenager becoming an adult, and you have that kind of connection with something you enjoy doing together, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and basically enjoy. You know, but th- but that's the thing. I think modern life is so fast that you miss your kids growing up. You do. So having things where you can just spend time with them, and and when it's removed like this, it's r- basically just r- experiences with you and them, not with. Um, it's not tourist things. It's not vacation resorts. It's yeah. Um, amusement rides. It's not. It's not filling your time with things that people have created to entertain you. It's having like a real experience out there. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget as a kid, um, we used to have a trailer, a pop-up trailer. And um, one summer we went to a bunch of different places. I don't know. I think we were gone for like two weeks, but we went to like four different locations. And for me, it was awesome because it was Friday. But I hopped into a canoe with my father Um and we just paddled around this little lake and he was pretending we we're in the jungle because he, he fought in the uh, war in Angola. So he would talk about, okay, we're in the jungle and there's crocodiles here, Captain. Shh. You know, and it was so much fun. Like, I loved that. That That's a really strong memory I have of my with my dad. You know, that sense of adventure, right? So I tried that on my kids the other day. I don't think it went over. So <laughs> when we were in the Espler River, they weren't as excited. But uh, that's what I remembered, and it appealed to me. So I try and give them that, whether cool. they like it or not. I just I try and make it fun. Well, if I have to bribe them with candy, it sometimes works. Well, that's the key. So hopefully you guys got something, uh, you know, that might make it one step closer to getting out into the backcountry with your kids. Um, you know, if you've got questions, uh, you know, you can find us on Facebook at Live Wild Radio and... Um, send us, you know, messages, questions. We're happy to uh, uh, expand on anything or, or answer questions people have. Um, and, you know, you can check out articles on our website, livewellradio.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in our adventure library, you know, we're, we're, we just keep writing, you know, basically yeah. it's, it's stuff like this, only in a written form hey. that you can download and print out and all that kind of jazz. Yeah, I you know, last message is that, hey, I was one parent that took a four and five-year-old backpacking. Yeah. And uh, if I can do it, you guys can definitely do it. Um, but the most rewarding experience we had, actually, is we had this huge 10-person, eight-person tent. They're monstrous. And I couldn't, I, had, I couldn't remember how to put it together. But then my kids and I, we figured it out with 
a lot of teamwork. Mm-hmm. And when we got it up, we felt like we were fucking invincible. And we have a picture of us going, Rawr! and I'll put it up. Actually, it'll probably be the promo to this. We It was so empowering. I remember people wanting to help us. I'm like, no, we got it. We'll figure it out. <laughs> and literally this pole, this tempo is like practically pole vaulting Hudson over because it was so big and he just couldn't hold it down. And But then we got it. And well, and, I, and I've massive. helped you put that tent up. It's, it's ridiculous. Pretty, it's massive. You can yeah. see why people are like, can I help you with that? Yeah, like it's you can put a car in it. Yeah, you can do it by yourself if you know what you're doing, but I forgot. Yeah. You know. You don't do it enough. Because you have a cool lightweight tent now. Yeah. And most of the time you're in your hammock. There you go. Anyway, hope you enjoyed. And um, yeah. Until next time, work hard. Play dirty. Hi, I'm Amanda. Hi, I'm Hutchin. And this is Live Wild Radio. But I can't say. I can do it. Live. Uh Live Wild Radio. Ah, okay. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. You only said to do a quarter voice, but whatever.